they've definitely got rid of the little noise it used to make. Something must be different. I'd like to welcome everyone to Non-League Podcast. It's episode 101. Um, I'm sitting in Heathrow Airport this today. Uh, it's Chris and Smith down here in the middle of you two, I believe. <laughs> yeah, just a bit, yeah. It's in Bracknell Boucher, it's me, James Bartby, um, celebrating absently uh, a league title. And on the other side of Kristen, it's me, Rob Overfield, sat here in West London, just uh, six or seven miles away from where Kristen is sat, hopefully with a bit of peace, and I was there on Saturday. Well, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's a tough one. I was out of the country <laughs> for a change uh, at the weekend, so I didn't get to uh, see everything. I managed to follow it all on Twitter, or the, the non-action, as it was uh, the Beverly. Um, but I think... Congratulations are in order for everybody down there at uh, Hampton because uh, you guys won the league, didn't you, Rob? Yeah, we did, and we managed to make it hard for ourselves. Uh, you know, before the game, we knew that a point would be enough, and pretty much a point was the end result. Um, the last ten minutes were very tense. Uh, if I'd had the freedom to do so, I would have, you know found somewhere to hide because it was just one of those games that you really wasn't wasn't enjoyable it was too tight you know that one bad call and that was going to be it but in the end it never happened and that's that well that's that as you say uh, like you said to me off air it, it really came down to not so much the one point that the league table shows but maybe the one goal, because uh, I believe going into the game, um, you had a reasonable um, goal difference above um, Bogner, who were in second, but they managed to obliterate that, didn't they, during the second half? Yeah, I mean, you got, in Saturday morning, the goal difference was plus four, <laughs> and we always knew that given the teams that the, the team they had to play on Saturday, <laughs> it was like a bucket full of goals. When it came on eight, on eighty minutes, word, word reached us that Bognor were falling up, and then we knew that there was no goal difference to cushion us, and to basically knew we had to fight out those last ten, fifteen minutes to make sure that we got the point, we got the draw, and that was that. And um, in the end, never been so glad to hear the referee's whistle go. And I believe me, I think at five to five on Saturday night they heard us from miles around. In front of a crowd that was bigger than I've seen for six, seven years. Yeah, what what did it work out? Is it two thousand three hundred and seventy six? Two thousand three hundred and seventy six. Yeah. Yeah, which is a, a big numbers. Uh, yeah. As far as as far as uh, the the uh, Ryman League was concerned, um, but uh, it was really really tense. It was to say it was tense watching for me uh, on Twitter because it was nil nil. No, no, no. <laughs> so it was always a, always a bit of a concern that uh, nothing was gonna gonna happen. Now, just off on a tangent, how come you guys have already finished? Well, that, that's because a good question. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. But the thing is, it could have uh, been good, good forward planning from the right. And also the playoff dates. Uh, the first leg is this Thursday, and the 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 Division One North final is Saturday. Division 1 South final is Sunday. The Premier League playoff final is Bank Holiday Monday. So that's probably what the league have done. They've fitted it so that the big the big showpiece event, the playoff final, will be on a Bank Holiday. And they can hold it at 3 o'clock and have a 
big celebration wherever it's held. Which, which what, the, um, the end of May? No. 2nd of May. Next Monday? Yep. The final? Yep. Well, the first legs can't be on Thursday, then. Yes, they can. There is... They've staggered them in the same way they've staggered the finals. Yeah, but if they, but they can't have the first leg on Thursday and the final on Saturday. No, Monday. No, no, no. No, it's a case, as I said, they've staggered the semi-finals the way they've staggered the finals. So, so, so there'll be a one, so one tomorrow. One by tomorrow, as far as I understand. One on Wednesday, one on Thursday. Right, okay. I, I had an issue with this. I thought they should all be played on the same night and that night should be Wednesday. But that's just me. And um, then I, well, I don't know because, I mean, there'll be, it'll be the two... Ryman South on the same night, and the two Ryman North on the same night, and the two Ryman Prem on the same night, aren't it, surely? Yes, but how many people are wanting to go to go to... Well, yes, yeah. I know, I know, this, but... This, this is it. You might as well, because, I mean, you're not going to get people at Bognor wanting to go and watch watch the likes of Tunbridge, or the people who are in the, who are supporting one team in the right, in the one South, wanting to go and look at see what a team in one North is doing. This is what I don't get. I've got a feeling it's planned that way for the convenience of the league officials attending, which I personally think is ridiculous. But, but there you go. Yeah, uh, well, you know. Middlesex FA have uh, not always been renowned for... Well, it's not just Middlesex, no, no, is it? No, no, no. no this, is, this is the Ryman League board. Yeah, but governing bodies in general are not always uh, <laughs> ones to think about people outside of the boardroom, are they? Oh, I don't know. I've seen one or two. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was a big day and it was a tense afternoon. But it was a it was a brilliant party afterwards. And the end and the Hampton end of season dinner. Well, the case of um, mm, whoever whoever survives that will be doing well. <laughs> but yes, good day. I'm just going to jump around uh, a little bit just to look at the Evo Stick uh, Prem um, because the Evo Stick Northern Prem uh, they. <coughs> they finished, and Darlington were promoted as champions with 104 points. Now, not to take anything away from their achievement, other than potentially the fact that they could have been docked 12 points and weren't. Um, uh, as it is, that would have put them in third or second. It would, it would have meant Blythe would have won, but so that would have been an, an interesting one there. With uh, remember with the uh, the 12 point deduction. Held over their head. That was a yes, that, that no one, no one bothered to justify. League or club, you know, there was there was no justification for them not losing the points, was there? Um, at the time, and you know, I mean, it, it's fantastic for Darlington. Three three championships in four seasons since they uh, since they resurrected. But yeah, I mean, it shouldn't be this season, should it? Like I said, they should be in the playoffs. Well, that's the thing. It's a strange one. Hyde. Um, Hyde have been relegated uh, as Stanford, Colin, and Ramsbottom have uh, in that uh, division there. So it was it was quite tight. Stanford uh, only went down one point uh, below Micklover. Now I'm confused. It doesn't take a lot, but <laughs> I do get confused from time to time. Um, the Evo Stick Southern Prem. Paul are champions, uh, nine points clear, it's, it's okay. Um, and as we know, Histon, Bedworth, uh, Biddeford and Poulton have been relegated. There are four teams, though, who haven't finished their season, according to football webpages. And so I'm confused, because I thought everybody 
had to finish their season by the last game of by last weekend in at your step. Or am I wrong? I'm wondering if it's possibility that the club's concerned just had no free no free nights that they could have fitted it in before the twenty third of um twenty third of April. That's the only thing it can be. And they would have had to have done it with league sanction too. I mean the the thing is as well, they're all pointless games. <laughs> so, I mean Cheshire thirteenth and you know the bottom four are down and it's a tr- it's the three teams above above the bottom four as well. Um but there's nothing nothing riding on the games at all. Um so I'm be, wondering if there had even... been something sorry James, I was wondering if if there had been something riding on the game, say for St Neats or Stratford, who were just above the bottom four, whether the league would have insisted that no, you've got to play two two and two. Because we've seen that before. We've seen that in other leagues where one of the teams actually plays four or five nights in a week. Yeah, we saw Guernsey a few years ago, uh, two two years ago, I think, and they were, I think they were basically playing five games a week for, for God knows how long, and they won most of them, to be fair. But it, yeah, it has happened, and um, if, like I say, if there had been something riding on it, I have to admit, I don't know, would, I don't know if there was anything riding on it going into the weekend. Um, but if there had been, yeah, then you could have, could have had an argument for them playing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. It. I assume they're having to still fulfil that final fixture at some point, maybe this midweek. It's actually going to be tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, both of both of the games are scheduled for tomorrow night. Uh, Sydney is uh, entertaining Chesham and uh, Stratford are entertaining Cambridge City. It was just one that stuck out to me because uh, it's unusual for that to go ahead because it's a shame. They're a, a bit fussy. It's a shame that St. Neots aren't playing Cambridge because that would have been a that would have been a bit of a, a bit of a derby with a. I think we'll need to finish the season on, but they're dead rubbers if ever there was one. <laughs> and and, it, and it, by the looks of it, it had been for a while, because, I mean, yes, Bedworth won on Saturday, and they were fourth bottom. Um, but then again, by oh, then... They were already down, yeah. They were already down, you see. There'd been nothing pretty much riding on these last two fixtures for, you know, by the looks of it, you know, for a week. So it's... Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter what what happens. But the, the sad thing looking at that, though, is um, seeing... that. Seen Histon, when not that long ago they were, you know, National League Premier, and now they've been relegated down, down, and down, down into the Evil Stick Southern. I think could be, will it be the South and West? Might be the South and West. I don't know because um, it's awkward because they're in they're in the East. They're just next to Cambridge. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a case of who knows where they'll end up. Let, well, I would have thought they'd go to the Central, wouldn't they? Or would they even? They, no, they'd be too far north. To no, they to they could be shifted across because remember Kings Lynn. Oh, they could go into the uh, MPL, couldn't they? Yeah, I'm just thinking there's quite a few Midland teams in the MPL, so they may be shifted across there. Yeah, it depends where they draw the line on the map. It's just, you know, I just think it's just so sad that a club that was doing so well not long ago is now pretty much, you know, the defend. Uh, descending into the depths of obscurity now. I mean, who's going to notice Histon anymore? Yeah, don't, don't forget Hyde United, as I say, they've also gone down again, and it wasn't too long that they were mid-table in the National League. Yeah, well, they've... Haven't they gone down successive seasons now? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Again, um, yeah, it's a shame, but, I mean, if, if their fans need to take a little bit of solace, then they just have to look at these, these big clubs that are are on their way back, you know, the, the likes of Darlington and, 
you know, and Halifax and Chester in recent seasons are at Phoenix clubs, but mm. you know, there are there are clubs that are finding their feet again and, and uh, upwardly mobile again. Um, Salisbury, another one, and you know, so the, a little bit of a little bit of solace and maybe inspiration and hope for the future. But uh, yeah, it's sad to see, but it, it's tough to get out of these downward spirals. Um, you see it from, you know, the. The, the Premier League down though, you know, you see teams ending up in League One before they realised it, and you know yeah. it's happening again this season, isn't it, with Bolton? You know, it's not that long ago they were playing in Europe, and they're going to be in the third division. So, but we've got a, a very tasty final weekend in the Vanarama National League, uh, with potentially two Yorkshiremen or. Two Yorkshire teams uh, duking it out with uh, Geisley and uh, FC Halifax Town, uh, and also Boreham and Altrincham, all of whom are really in the mix there. By the way, team of the week, Halifax. Gotta be. <laughs> they went to Forest Green, didn't they, and won 1 0. Um, yeah, you can say yes and no because Forest Green, you got nothing to play for. Trying not to get injured, know they're in the playoffs. So well, yeah, Hal- Halifax, know, fi- Halifax fighting for their lives, still, uh, literally still, down there. But that's put, you know that's given them. It's in their hands now. So unfortunately for guys, it was a real six pointer for them because uh, they went to Boreham Wood at the weekend and unfortunately lost, which puts them in the fourth relegation zone. Alty, uh, they won five nil at home to Welling, so they that's really. How- that's helped their goal difference, hasn't it? It has, and so it comes down to Alti are only in it by virtue of their good goal difference over Halifax. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, if they win and Halifax lose, and they're going to leapfrog them, and then it'll just be down to what guys they do. So hopefully, um, it's, it's just a shame that Dave was unavailable tonight, because I know he's been seeing Macclesfield fairly recently, and that's who Halifax have got on the last day of the season. Geisley are entertaining Torquay, uh, Boreham Wood travelling to Wellham, so you've got to, uh, Welling, so you've got to Fancy Boreham Wood to stay up, and Alty are away at Braintree, so Braintree could drop out of the playoffs. So they're going to really, they'll be going for it. So yeah. it's going to be a oh, tasty. Well, it's a three-team shootout for the playoffs, isn't it? Incidentally, uh, Braintree against Alty is the game on on the telly uh, on BT Sport on the final day, which I think is probably about the best the best one they could have picked because there's well, top a lot ride, Yeah, exactly. There's a lot riding on it. Um, it's probably the biggest game in its own right on the, on the day I would say um, but yeah I mean you've got Tranmere and Eastley Eastley can you believe that they've you know they've they're in with a shout at the playoffs uh, Eastley away at Woking Tranmere at home to Grimsby so it's going to be one of those days where I yeah. think you're going to need you're going to need that live that live league table <laughs> mm-hmm. open on your browser while you're watching and we, we already mentioned uh, a couple of weeks ago because uh, Cheltenham were already promoted that did we ever work out they the first team in a hell of a long time? Uh, 19, first team 19, to do it. 1990, the first team to uh, win the league, which is obviously yeah. back back before two up as well. So, you know, uh, obviously Bristol Rovers, I should say, did it last season through the playoffs, but Cheltenham are the first team yeah. in over a quarter to, to win the league. To win the league and go back over. And on the way back. We're looking at York City. Uh, I know they're League Two, or, or they were League Two until the weekend, uh, but they've been relegated. Yeah. And so they're coming Four back. years, I think they were up there. Yeah, they're, they're coming back down. Dagenham and Redbridge are also coming down. Um, but 
Yeah, I think the interesting thing for me is more so that York being relegated. They were beaten 3 0 uh, at the weekend, um, but I think it was purely maths that was keeping them up at that moment. Um, but then if we look at uh, the story that I don't know whether it was which one of you two came across this from the York Press, but uh, James. Uh, it's an interesting thing to to be relegated in the very next day and ask for a million quid. Yeah, it just um, it just goes to show the true cost of, of relegation out of the football league, doesn't it? Um, basically, the uh, the chairman of, has asked um, the chairman Jason McGill um, he's asked the supporters trust to come up with fundraising ideas and all the fans to get behind the club because um, they need to they need to find sort of like around a million pounds. Um, to stay in the, in the National League for a couple of seasons, assuming that they don't come up at the first attempt, um, just to just give themselves a competitive budget and, uh, you know, obviously pay, pay wages and that. They're, they're looking at moving ground, I believe, as well. Um, so it's not not ideal that they, uh, that they get relegated, but I, like I say, you know, they, they, obviously they'll, they'll stay full-time, I would imagine. But it just goes to show even even League Two to the to the National League the, the vast difference in income that they're, they're having to look at raising seven figures for, through the through the supporters trust to just to provide a, a competitive budget. I mean, York City over the years have never really been blessed with a great deal of community support. Um, speaking as an outsider, there uh, used to hear a lot about uh, the the council were never really too much, you know, would, you know, in the way of supporting them, because um, very often a lot of people when they think of York, it just tends to be the tourism side, and as far as sport goes, it tends to be a sort of like, uh, oh yeah, they're in the background, yeah right, whatever. Um, you know, as much as I would like to see York in the, you know, in the football league, you know, the the, the town itself has got a problem with them, and they need to sort out exactly what they want in the, what they want there. The rugby league club is basically no more than a bunch of amateurs, and the football club is it will struggle next season. There's no question about that. But they, like I say, the town has to work out what they want. Do they, do they want to support a club there? Do the, do the city council want a football club there? And if the answer to that is isn't an unequivocal yes, then you know I don't know where York City are going to end up. You know I could see them possibly even dropping into international international north, and that would be a real tragedy, a real pity. I mean, the the worry is, um, is that you know it's it's a lot of money um, mm. to find a million pounds just to be able to run the club for two seasons in the national league. Yeah. Um, obviously, like I say you know that staying full time that'll be a lot of you know that'll be a, a drain, a financial drain. But mm. yeah, it's it's an awful lot of money. As you said, they're not they're not the best supporter club for a, for a city club. Um, yeah. And it, yeah. It, Read between the lines, it would be a little bit worrying. But they, you know, they're looking to move to a new community stadium. Um, I, I wouldn't be as doom and gloom at the minute. I would, you know, I wouldn't have said they were in danger of going down again anytime soon. Um, but I think it's going to take, you know, take an awful lot of effort over the summer in terms of building the squad. Um, but I, I would certainly see them safely in the table. Um, I definitely think it'll be the other teams struggling more than them next season. Um, but I. Whereas I would suggest that maybe Dagenham would be challenging to go back up, or York possibly not quite so much. I think they'll be, um, I think they'll be safely mid-table. And to be honest, I think 
possibly be a good reason to be satisfied with that. Yeah, I can't say that I know uh, too much uh, about the situation at York, but I'm um, just having a quick look that uh, oh, their attendances, because obviously that's going to be a, a huge thing, and you look at their attendances in in there, their average is looking just around 3,000, maybe slightly more than 3,000, so not bad numbers, but how many of those are going to drop off uh, with it uh, going down to uh, the next level down? Yeah, I think if the average 2,000 or just over. Three. Yeah, I mean in the, in the National League yeah. next season, I think if it can, if it can average around about 2,000, maybe just a tad more, um, which I think is, you know, I think that would be a, a realistic target. Uh, you know, it's what, 30% drop-off, um, I think that would certainly run them at an even keel in terms of like match day costs and everything, but obviously it isn't going to make them a profit to, to, uh, to go forward, but I certainly think that's a realistic target for them, a couple of thousand through the gates. Yeah, it would be it would be useful for them if they, if they could. It's, it's, it's one of those things. It's a lovely city as well, it's a shame that, it's, uh, that, they, you know, that they do struggle because it's a it's a lovely city, and if they had a good football team, I think they they could get these the potentials there. Certainly. Yeah, it's it. As I say, uh, it's not. So I think, like Rob's alluded to, uh, you think of York, you don't necessarily think of a uh, sporting heritage and sporting place. Uh, you may think of Yorkshire and cricket, but not really uh, a lot else. Um, now, we already have, I don't want to go too much into the predictions and everything like that, but we do already have that Sutton United are champions of the Vanarama National League South, partly thanks to avoiding a uh, points deduction. I've been travelling all day, so I haven't seen the ins and outs in this, but can either of you two explain to me how they managed to get around it. Well, we, we talked about it when it happened, didn't we? It was for Jamie Slabber had been um, had played as a, as a substitute in a game. I don't know if you remember, Kristen, he'd, he'd come on with 20 minutes to go, but they were already three. And, didn't, and didn't affect anything, but... Yeah, it, it finished three. So they, they've basically they've been given a, a warning as to future conduct, but it was, it was a bit... Um, the player wasn't banned. He, they, the club had had confirmation of... Of the league, you know, one of the two parties. I think was it the league. I think had confirmed that they'd received a form, and I think it was the the FA or something hadn't. And I think that's what it was. And so they've got away with the warning. And you know, with uh, with a game to go, they're they're six points clear now, and they've they've won the league. Even with that three point deduction, though, they would be three points clear with a fifteen goal difference. So it would have it would have it looks like it wouldn't have affected things anyway. Um, but I just just uh, before either of you to have a have a say on it, I just congratulate Sutton because I, I was listening on the radio earlier and apparently they've in their, I think it was in their last twenty five games they've won twenty and drawn five mm. and they've you know they've caught Ebsley and surged past them with a, and if you look at that that means that out of their first sixteen games they only won five so it's, it's an incredible run um, and it would have been harsh it would have been really, really hard on them to uh, to lose it due to a points de deduction after after a run like that. It's you know, to 
they play on a 3G, so that that you know this was their first season with a 3G pitch, so that's um, that's obviously shown the advantages that can have. Uh, Maidstone, obviously they've got one; they finished third. Edsley haven't, but have got an amazing playing surface apparently, and you know, it looks like uh, well, Edsley or Maidstone are not going to go up. One, you know, one or both are still going to be in the National South playing Hampton next season. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's puzzling trying to work out exactly what went wrong with with this one because you know how have they managed to persuade? What was their arguments as to why they shouldn't have a points deduction? Admittedly, it would have been three points; it wouldn't have made any difference, as we've agreed. But you know, it's it, they're starting to get they're starting to get a little bit of inconsistency about the decisions, and a lot of the times we don't hear about why, or should I say, we don't hear how. You know these decisions come across too often, and um, it it just seems odd that they have managed to get away with this. And um, you know, perhaps perhaps there does need to be a new system put in, and uh, one that is less open to um, any kind of errors or forces of God. You know, it's just a case of things happen and things don't happen, and clubs are suffering sometimes for something that they ha- that is not their fault. I mean. Um, yeah, I mean, when when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, I think you know, I was I was on the side of of Sutton. Say, you know, it was judging by what they've they've said about the uh, one of the two governing bodies had the had the form and had confirmed receipt of the form. You know, they were already three nil up when he came on, and he didn't, and he finished three nil. So I was uh, I, I was on the on the side of Sutton, saying that you know maybe a warning and no no deduction. I don't think they even got fined actually. Um, but clubs are seeming to find these loopholes. They seem to be there to be found, don't they? And you know, it's um, the on the first. They I'm were not, they were fined five hundred. Yeah. Oh, were they? Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Apologies. And um, but yeah, clubs seem to be finding these 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 little loopholes. I mean, whatever Darlington managed to say, uh, whatever they, however they managed to spin it to get out of was it ten, twelve points, and yeah. It, I know each case has to be uh, judged on its own merits, but it strikes me that clubs are, are starting to find a way out of it. And it, should it just be a case of it's, it doesn't matter what the circumstances are or what you've, what evidence in quotation marks you've got to back up your story? If you know, should it just be a blanket now? Points gone for any game that he played in, regardless of how long he played and what the score was before and after. You know, should it just be a, a blanket deduction now? Or should they carry on judging each case on their own merit? I don't know. Oh, it, it becomes very tricky because it should be judged on their own merits, but if he played half an hour, he played half an hour. And that's still, even if he didn't score and they didn't concede during his time, the impact he's had, he's played half an hour, so he's played a third of the match with somebody who, by the rules, is not eligible to be playing. And obviously being a bit of a sore loser um, uh, in some aspects with Trinity where we were thrown out of the competition for some, for the exactly the same thing happening yes he played 60 minutes but we were thrown out of the competition for it uh, when we, it was the FA uh, the FA Cup that hold on there's not consistency there and that's what people don't like isn't it, isn't it? you either hate a rule or you like a rule but you always want to see, and that's what it's what you always ask for a referee, isn't it? You always want the ref to be consistent across the board, rather than um, just going through and 
judging, yes, you want to judge each case in its merits, but you also want consistency. If one thing's, if it's this in this situation, then it's that in that situation, it should be the same. And that, I think that's what sticks a little bit, especially if you then look at the fact that Corinthian, uh, Corinthian casuals were actually deducted three points for fielding an ineligible player. Uh, an eligible player, you're not legible. I'm not going to stop doing that. Um, <laughs> but the thing is that, yes, that was slightly different. He was still under a suspension. Uh, this was Dave Hodges um, and the 3-1 win uh, at home for Corinthians against Faversham. But it I, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I I don't understand the logic of what is different there. Did he score? No. Did he play the whole game? It's 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 consistency, and that's what I think gets people's back up more than the fact that it's it's an ineligible player. It's the fact that well, hold on, is there a difference? I haven't looked at everything in 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 thing, but on the face of it, Corinthians casuals lose three points. Sutton don't lose three points. Darlington don't lose twelve points. But it's it's very tricky, and we went through. And I fully appreciate. I don't want to be a secretary at any of the clubs because they're under a lot of pressure. They're under a lot of potentially. It could have cost Sutton uh, the title. Well, it has and cost Corinthians their place in the playoffs because they would have been fifth with a if they hadn't had that deduction. But is this the same as last season where the Ryman League potentially yeah, stick to the them. rules a bit more? Yeah. I mean, this one was a, was a bit of an unusual one in the fact that um, the club believed that if they played Hodges in a County Cup match, that counted towards his suspension. Well, after I mean, at Hampton, I could have told them that the County Cup does not count towards suspensions. A lot of the time, it, it's only for the matches in the properly accredited league. Um, you know, not county matches. County matches are, if if it had been suspended by a by a county disciplinary uh, action, then that would have been a good call. But the thing is, it's not, and that's the way they made the mistake. Um, they felt that it was a game, it was a competitive game. Therefore, the ban, the suspension would cover that game. Well, it doesn't. County county cup games are not included. Um, we've done it many times at Hampton. We've known a player's been suspended from the league, but the Middlesex Affair don't have a problem you know, with us, with anybody playing that. So it was a case of what they should have done was done the reverse and just played him anyway, because it wouldn't yeah. have mattered. But keep him in, fit. Keep him fit, but in the end they made the decision to say, well, we think this cup, this match counts, and they found out the hard way that it didn't. You know, they will not make that mistake ever again. <laughs> it's, it's, it's cruel and it's harsh, and they will, you know, they will keep an eye on that. But you know, that's. I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll give credit to the to the Ryman League. They have actually explained the decision, and they have explained, you know, what the mistake was and what the decision was, um, which is fair enough. You can see it. It's, it's fairly transparent. You can see, you know, that. Corinthian casuals for a club of their experience and a club of their you know, of their standing, you would have expected them to have known this this little wriggle that, um, that apparently they didn't. So you know, I don't know who insisted on it. Was it the manager? Uh, was it? Did the secretary try and tell him? I don't know. I really don't know. But in the end, you know, it's basically been 
you know, a serious mistake there by the club. Just, uh, just to follow up on as well, we, uh, when we talked about Sutton, we talked about Nuneaton as well, didn't we? When mm. it was another bit of an inconsistency there because they didn't. Uh, well, I'm not saying they didn't, but at no point could I find the name of the player in Nuneaton's case. Um, and their three-point deduction looks like it could well have done for their playoff hopes as well, because although they've got a game in hand, they've got two games left to play in the uh, in the National North. They are four points outside the playoffs now, four points behind Boston. So while It was. It's they had a real six-pointer at the weekend, because Boston beat them 2-1. Yeah, so, you know, that... that three-point deduction looks like it could come and haunt them as well. Mm. You know, so again, you know, these but, these these are these are volunteer volunteer club secretaries that, you know, a, a human error has cost. This is what I was saying before about should the secretaries be properly trained and in a paid position, or you know, should there be some more technologically advanced system for for dealing with their player registrations? It, it, mm. This season seems to be an awful lot more that that have cost teams. You know, I mean, potentially you know, Sutton could have ended up losing out on the league title because it was, um, you know, it raised its ugly head a couple of weeks ago. There, one didn't it, two or three weeks ago. So it could have, it could have potentially cost them. Obviously, they've kept on winning since, and it, it, in the end, it wouldn't have done either way. But yeah, certainly in a couple of cases, it, it's it's cost teams their place in the playoffs. And they've actually named the player now. Oh right, okay. Tyler Little. Right. Okay. Um, not sure who he is, <laughs> but uh, their appeal on Friday last week was rejected. Um, but it has been named as Tyler Little, so I don't know why uh, it wasn't mentioned earlier on. It did. Oh, it's a bit strange, is that? Uh, yeah, I'm just looking here. It's nothing... He's only a young lad, um, former from Coventry, uh, by the look of it. Um, so yeah, he's only 19, 20, um, so I don't know, <laughs> but interesting. So yeah, that would be uh, the one, because they signed him after, um, yeah, it was the... Uh, it was obviously uh, with them, they signed him and hadn't filed the extension paperwork in time. Uh, which cost them uh, the three points, and as I say, James could potentially mean that they've uh, lost their place in the playoffs. It's going to be a very tasty uh, final weekend there as well. I, I will say that Trinity are safe, um, following our manager change, etc. And uh, we've had a bit of a bad run, but uh, now uh, Trinity are safe, mainly thanks to results going our way over the weekend. Uh, we lost at home. But uh, Brackley and Lowestoft did us a favour by uh, not being able to uh, defeat their opponents, which meant that uh, mathematically now Brackley cannot catch us. And so it's really between uh, Lowestoft and Brackley, but Lowestoft do have a game in hand um, against Nuneaton, I believe. No, it's against Ferriby. Um, so it would be be interesting uh to see so low stuff needs they beat Ferriby uh, Ferriby is secured in the playoffs so uh, but no doubt they will be going uh, going for it still if they uh, draw then it will set up a very interesting final day as uh, they have a much worse goal difference than Brackley and 
So Brackley are entertaining Tamworth, and uh, Lowestoft are entertaining Gloucester. So it's going to be make or break for one of those two teams. Now, I know Brackley have scraped away uh, the last few seasons from relegation, so this may be the season that they actually do uh, finally succumb uh, to that R next to their name. But uh, we will all we will find out potentially tomorrow night as Lowestoft if Lowestoft beat Ferriby then Brackley will be relegated uh, if Lowestoft failed to beat Ferriby then it goes down to the wire so it's uh, an interesting um, looks like FC United are going to finish in the lower half of the table um, from their run this season their first uh, season there so I was going to say pretty good result that it's consolidating for the first season and uh, then uh, see what happens next season that's uh, going to be thing we will have a full roundup of all the ups downs and relegation and uh, the playoff finals from all of the uh, teams next week and we'll go through all of our predictions obviously the one that we're most happy about uh, <laughs> James is probably more happy than even uh, Rob is the fact that James has won uh, his uh, prediction came true so he's at least got one prediction right that we know of yeah, one more than the rest of us I think I think that's what it is I'm, I'm, <laughs> I think I may have mentioned Darlington could be mine so that's that's a uh, thing I, I don't want to go okay. I probably did go for Darlington uh, I don't know uh, I have noticed that Peacehaven Tel um, Peacehaven Telscombe have been relegated again so um, I'm still being horrible, and uh, my prediction from them from a couple of seasons ago uh, is costing them dear still. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all uh, interesting, yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I didn't go for Darlington this year. <laughs> oh, I did, I, I did. I did, I've got Darlington, yes. So, oh, you're minus one as well because Hyde were relegated, James. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it was wasn't it Telford or someone last season or someone I did, didn't I? Wasn't yeah, it's 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 all interesting. We will go through that next week. Um, it's quite a short one this week because uh, uh, we've all been too busy uh, to do masses amount of research. Um, and Rob, we've just managed to get him away from the kebabs and the pub. From the celebration, <laughs> and it must been must have been hard getting up to go to work today, Rob. I have to admit, I thought of all the things I could be doing today, and all the fun things I could be doing today after after Saturday. But I thought, you know, you still got to carry on, still got to carry on. And it was nice to be able to talk about non-league football in a positive way in my office in my building. So it was a case of, uh, you know, I've got a feeling crowds will be up there next season. Uh, the playing budget will definitely be up, and um, it could be an interesting time because we'll travel further afield, all the way from Chelmsford down to Truro, possibly Pool Town, definitely. Um, we're looking forward to that one. Pool Town's fun, and um, you know all the all these newer places that we haven't seen for a few years will just be some great days out. We're hoping Bob will come and join us because that's a wonderful trip, and um, you know, but you know. You can't live. You can't live in the. Uh, can't live in the clouds for too long. You've got to put your feet back on the earth. No, that's the thing. You didn't manage to get down. Uh, did you manage to actually see a game over the weekend, James? Uh, no, the um, I couldn't get to Hampton because um, I didn't want to take all three kids. So I was just going to go with Callum. So I needed a 
I need to be able to it for the other two, but uh, that that fell through in the end. So, you know, it could have been two thousand three hundred and seventy-eight, but wasn't uh, <laughs> wasn't to be unfortunate. But hopefully, hopefully get along to a pre-season game or something. Um, there are still some games in the combined counties. Uh, Camberley down near me, um, well, very near me, twenty minutes away. So, they've got, I think they've got six games in fourteen days to play. Um, so these and they're fighting for the title. It's it's an epic battle in the uh, in the combined counties at the minute. Yeah, I mean, poor old James had to had to suffer the um, the agonies the hard way listening via radio. Yeah, it could have been worse. You could have been commentating, Rob. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I got compliments from the previous week. Yeah, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I got somebody saying that was easier on the ear than Danny Murphy. I thought, well, that doesn't take a lot of doing. No, I can say that's damning with fame praise, isn't it? That. <laughs> that's, that's, it, it could have been worse. They could have mentioned, uh, obviously, Phil Neville. Uh, yeah. I think he holds a holds a record number of complaints about his commentary in the England game. Yeah. Um, but it is it is a short one because I do I am sitting in here in Heathrow Airport because I do have a flight to catch uh, in a very short time. So uh, I would just like to say thank you very much, Rob, and uh, you've. It was a nice, nice uh, victory overall for you. Although your final program as Hampton program editor uh, was not uh, a, a victory on the pitch, it was the war that was won rather than the battle. Um, but uh, where else can we find you on the internet? Well, um, now I shall have more time to actually do things for myself. I'm going to try and keep the blog going a bit more often, and. Um, an interesting post the other day well yesterday that everybody seems to like about the Hampton game so that's football as I see it um, the link will be in the show notes and you know press officer work still trying to work out if it's worth telling everybody where my Twitter nickname from Rabid Robo is still there and he's travelling a lot further this summer well that's the thing and uh, we've got under the league still going strong haven't we James yeah it's underleague.com um, under league on Facebook and Twitter um, I actually wrote something last week but it's, uh, it's a bit outdated now I did a preview of the, uh, the title race in the, in the Ryman League um, hoping to get some stuff up soon and uh, yeah we've uh, well we're almost at the end of another season and another season of the podcast it's been a lot of fun uh, I guess there's what two or three left to do before uh, before we take a little break for the summer but uh, I'm just looking at the, the, uh, the combined counties and it's um, yeah it's looking very good at the top of that so maybe I'll get to a game well I'm, I'm hoping at some point I will uh, be back in the country long enough to see a game because uh, <laughs> uh, I've been back in the country today by driving from Gatwick to Heathrow uh, and I will fly out again I'm in Ireland uh, for the next week and then I go to the Netherlands for a bit so it will be uh, nice hopefully in between that I will get to uh, see a game I'm not going to see Trinity at home again this season their last home game was just gone uh, and they're away at uh, Bradford uh, Park Avenue and it's probably the best time to play Bradford although with the snow and rain that there is at the minute in the country probably not the best time to go horseful because it is a it is a inner dip and it's a probably one of the few uh, grounds where you look at the sky and call a game off before you go to see the pitch um, because it is a, uh, where, where it sits but you can always follow the show at non-league pod and uh, it really has been a, an interesting season uh, we've only got a couple of weeks left to go and uh, we'll have to see uh, 
what's going to happen next year. But uh, what have you been doing? I uh, thank you for listening.